Welcome back to another episode of the Scores Table. We're back. We got a fun episode here. We got post NBA trade deadline. We got a whole bunch more going on. But we're joined by Julian McKay. What is good, everybody? Sorry for a little bit, you know what I'm saying, downgrade on the audio. We had to go back to Skype for this week. Our lives are packed with various actions. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Thank you to everybody. That's so in. ominous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everybody for tuning in once again this week. All right, so before we begin this episode, we actually got some cool scores table news. Uh, we're going to try something a little new. We want to get the audience more involved in some of the episodes. So we've created a new email address. The email is thescorestablepodcast at gmail.com. Now, with that email, we encourage you to send in questions, comments about the show, whatever you want. Sometimes we'll read stuff uh, if we think there's anything cool. Um, but overall, just a cool way for you guys to interact with the show. Thought it could be something cool. So once again, that email address is the scores table podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Julian, anything to add on that? Uh, no, just, hey, appreciate you guys. Always, we can always use more material, more questions to, you know, to bestow our wisdom upon you guys. So, you know what I'm saying? You know the vibes. Let's All right. Get... <laughs> All right. So we're going to, we're going to hop right in here. One team that, uh, a little bit shocking, um, with how well they're doing, the Toronto Raptors. So before we get into kind of all the trade deadline stuff, this is a team that didn't actually make any moves. And at the beginning of the season, I, I actually predicted that they would clear house. I was very wrong. I didn't see Siakam taking a leap like this. I didn't see any of this happening. But the, Julian, they won 15 games in a row. They're second in the East. They are currently on the longest win streak in the end. And they have shown no sign of slowing down. They're, I mean, they're literally the second best team right now in the league. I mean, wait, 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 wait. You said they're literally right now the second best team in the league. Record-wise, yeah. Technically, yes. But here's the thing with the Raptors. And I enjoyed my Monday night, you know what I'm saying, after, uh, after I think I got some I had some great Caribbean food and went up to the park in Williamsburg, hung out for a little bit, then then departed back to my place and just in time to watch some Timberwolves Raptors. Um, and the thing with the Raptors is this. Fun team to watch, young and full of potential. And like you, I bet against them to start the year. But here's my thing. I still think the Raptors are tied for the fourth best team in the East. Despite how good they're fourth best, fourth best team in the East, I Three believe ahead of them. in a playoff series, I believe they will lose. I will be rooting for this. I will be rooting for the Raptors against the Sixers, but I believe the Sixers would beat them. I legitimately do believe that. If if the Sixers, are, if if everything, if everybody's healthy there, because now they're, sure. they're still trying to get back Josh Richardson, and that that team is still a shit show and a clusterfuck. Oh, I still think yeah. they would be able to. I still think that they would be able to pull it out against the Raptors. Okay. It would be close. Uh, I believe the Celtics would beat the Raptors, and were, and uh, I also believe the Bucks would beat the Raptors. Raptors Heat is like a, is like a complete toss up. And honestly, I might even say the Raptors are the third best team in the East. Like Sixers Heat Raptors are kind of a complete toss up for me right now. Okay. That, and, and I'm saying that as a compliment. That being said, when I see the when I look at the Raptors roster. 
it's it's top heavy in not a great way to me. And looking at the stats from last night, interesting. Siakam thirty four, OG Ananobi twenty five, Kyle Lowry twenty seven, Fred Van Vliet sixteen seven assists, and my nemesis <laughs> all this Jefferson with twenty. I was just about to say. I was just about to say, are you really about to ignore him on the stat sheet, Julian? Fuck. Oh, God. I said, uh, I remember <laughs> last night, I was really proud of myself for this moment. I said, uh, I asked Will, Will, you, you know they made a movie about Rondé's jump shot? And I sent him a, cup, a picture of the movie Hitch. <laughs> I thought that was, I really, I was really impressed with myself with that one. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm worried about, I don't think that, I, I, I texted this to Will today. I don't know of Fred Van Vliet who I've been riding for for a minute, ever since college, I don't know if he can start on like a, on a real contender without a major star like Kawhi. And here's the thing. Even aside from that, and I'm getting a little long-winded here, I apologize, I don't know if Siakam can handle the moment yet. And the reason I'm still skeptical about this Raptors team is because, A, Marcus Gasol is a little creaky. Kyle Lowry hasn't always been fantastic in the playoffs. And Siakam looked like a scared rabbit off and on. He had some good games. And the weird thing is, like, he actually, his stats aren't that bad in the playoffs last year. But there were moments where he was just airballing threes and he looked legitimately scared to be out there. And I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm not criticizing him. Shit, I would be, I would be scared to be out there too. I mean, I am, I am kind of criticizing him. But, like, but, like, but that aside, like, I just don't, I still think this rap, this, roster needs another piece and i think that they at the trade deadline they failed to get that piece and that's a problem okay so i'm gonna respectfully disagree with every single point that you just made okay. um and and this is and this is fun because we don't we don't disagree very often so this is fun fun real quick well i just want to say yeah. i just thought about this the other day you know what the the greatest a perfect player comparison for kyle lowry in another sport is What's that? Frank uh, Gore. Oh, I totally see it. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? Oh, that's Kyle spot Lowry's, on. Well, he's literally was... a running back. He just runs into people. He's built like him. Guys, seriously, man. Oh, but right. what's about to say, though? So, so here's here's why I got to disagree. I think that they're an incredibly deep team. Gasol, I mean, you mentioned Gasol and not trusting him. That's fine, but Gasol has not been good this year at all. I mean, he's only he's only playing about 25 minutes a game. He's shooting like the lowest percentage of his career. He's scoring eight points a game. He's not someone that they're relying on. So even if he breaks down, it's all right. I mean, their best lineup doesn't even feature him. It's 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 not really like a terribly important point in the roster. They literally they the last game they like like you mentioned Rondé Hollis Jefferson. They they had him starting at center because Ibaka and Gasol. We're out. Oh, They've shit. proven that they can. What's that? I completely forgot about Obaka, bro, 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 bro. I completely forgot about Obaka. <laughs> shit, I forgot he was on this team. How did I forget that? <laughs> oh my god. All right, I'll, oh, I'll let you. I'll let you. Okay, I'll give you thirty seconds here to modify your uh, your your Toronto take. My, I'm, I'm gonna modify my Toronto take and say that Toronto has six to seven guys I trust. Okay. But they still need another piece. Okay. Now. In they have they have a lot of guys. They they're a there's they run a system 
where you can literally, it's a plug and play system. There's very few teams that can successfully do this. Um, they do it really well. They've managed to, to take what Kawhi did and just totally replace that. Pascal Siakam has taken a huge step this year. He's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. OG Ananobi's been fantastic this year. Van Vliet's been fantastic. And I know you said that can Van Vliet start on a championship team? In a perfect world, no. He'd be a sixth man. But with the roster they have around him, I don't see why not. I mean, you have... Their typical starting lineup is something along the lines of Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, Ananobi, and then one of Gasol, Abaka, depending on availability. Gasol, if he's healthy, if not Abaka, and apparently if neither of them, Rondé. Oh, and by the way, like, I really like Chris Boucher. I still think he's a little, he's still raw, he's a little white, but I really like that guy. He's yeah. good. Hustles, long arms. Yeah. And Terrence Davis has been fantastic for them over the last few weeks. Uh, yes. Not wasn't He wasn't great in the Minnesota game, but he had 31 points in the game before that. Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas. I've never heard of this guy in my life. He's been good. They they have all these guys where you can literally just, okay, take him out, put him in. I mean, Patrick McCaw's been giving them something this year. And I look at their roster, and is it a is, do I think that they're going to win the championship? No. But outside of outside of Milwaukee in the East, I could realistically see Toronto, Boston, Philly, or even Indiana or Miami all making the Eastern Conference Finals. It's going to be such a bloodbath, and I'm not going to bet against Toronto. They've been there before, and you mentioned uh, Siakam and Lowry not doing well in the playoffs. Game six of the NBA Finals, Lowry had 26 points and Siakam had 26. Kawhi was not good that game. Kawhi really struggled, and in the closeout game in Golden State, those guys both stepped up big. I don't care that that Pascal Siakam airballed a few threes in the second round of the playoff. What I do care about is that when the NBA Finals came, with the exception of one game, game two, he was really pretty good. Same with Kyle Lowry. He wasn't great in game one, but other than that, pretty good, consistent, reliable. That's all All you need in the playoffs is guys that are going to be reliable, and I think that they pro- that they proved, especially in a deciding game six, that they can be relied on. Those are all valid points, more of which I honestly, and I don't really disagree with with really any of them. My thing is this as well. When Siakam and Lowry are playing well and whatnot, or, or just at, at a consistently high level, I still don't think this team is good enough to beat the Celtics. If the Celtics are playing like they can play, and the Celtics weren't able to add a center at the trade deadline, Maybe get a maybe they get a buyout guy. I heard Tristan Thompson. We'll get to we'll get to him later. Um, <laughs> is is off the buyout market somehow? Um, we'll get there. Uh, we really will. I'm excited for that. But uh, been in the in the Celtics weren't able to add someone like Nerlens Noel. Really would have helped. Um, with that just was not the guy I wanted. Yeah, long arms, blocking shots. He's cheap. Mm-hmm. But um, I still, I, bruh. I'm just, I just like the Celtics team. I just really like them. Like I watch a, a decent amount of Celtics. Yeah, I love to hear I, it. I watch a lot of them too. Cause I, because <laughs> just because I, I love the Celtics broadcast booth. Like it's really oh, enjoyable great. to watch games with them calling it. And Tom Heitzen is like, ah, that wasn't a fat. I'm reaching. That was a reaching. <laughs> like 
<laughs> there is there is no more biased commentator in the league than Tommy Heinsohn. You know what, you know what I saw online the other day? In the entire history of the Boston Celtics, Tommy Heinsohn has been part of all but 20 years of that. It makes sense. Between player, coach, radio, and then TV. He's makes been with this team for almost like 70 years. That's really insane. It makes sense. He what it's is saying. the Boston Celtics. It's incredible. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I, 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 it would have been nice if Toronto had made a move. If they had picked up someone kind of like Gallinari, I agree. That would have been huge. But they didn't, and I still like their team. They have, they have, they just have a lot of good defenders. They have a lot of good players. They have, they have multiple guys where I look at them and say, I mean, I, I mean, outside of Van Vliet, they pretty much can lock you up one through five, and that's why I don't mind Van Vliet starting. You ha- you surround him with Lowry, Siakam, Ananobi, who was drafted after Lonzo Ball, by the way, and Marcus <laughs> or Serge Ibaka, even Norman Powell, Patrick McCaw, Rondé. These guys are good defenders. These are guys that you want to have on your roster to say, okay, just, I'm going to go throw them at Jason Tatum for ten minutes or whoever. Jason Tatum would cook Norman Powell. I'm just saying. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Norman Powell. Norman Powell. You throw more on a shooting guard, but <laughs> the, the the point is they have multiple guys, and I like I like that they have guys that are, for lack of a better way of saying it, they have guys that are replaceable. Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I just personally, with the Raptors, I think they're I I think a lot with their young guys as well. I also think they're just kind of a year away. I think Davis another year from him, Boucher another year from him, Van Vliet even who's still really young, and Anobi who's been a revelation at times this year. I mean, last night 25, 12, and three coming from a three. Yep, big time. The problem is, the problem is. Can they be one year away, though? Because if you look at their salary, I mean, Abaka's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Gasol's going to be a free agent. So what? Like Lowry? Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying that, okay, so Gasol, Abaka, Van Vliet, Rondé, not that that one matters. Those guys are all free agents at the end of the year, and Lowry's going to be an expiring after that. I think that's good. You could probably, you could, that's a big-ass expiring, too. They could probably move him into trade. I don't know that Do actually. They want to? Yeah, they actually that that would kind of hurt though. I mean, Lowry really means a lot to that franchise. He's been there for a minute at this point. Yeah, but I mean, shit, I'm not mad at letting Ibaka go. I think this is probably his last good, like playing at a pretty high level. I mean, he's getting yeah. a little old, right? I mean, well, how old yeah. is Ibaka actually? I'm gonna look that up. I believe he's 33 without looking. He is. He's 30. He he's just 30? turned 30. Wow, it's amazing. Anyway, so so one team that we mentioned in that in that Toronto uh, segment was Minnesota. So we we're gonna get into the trade deadline now, and, and let's start off with Minnesota because they were busy at the trade deadline. Seven new players they acquired. Some of the guys they acquired were Malik Beasley, uh, Juan Heron Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, a net second round pick, but obviously that's not going to be someone that plays. Uh, and D'Angelo Russell. Am I missing anyone? James Johnson. James Johnson. Oh, Amari Spellman and Jacob Evans. Did you say Alan Crabb? Did they acquire Alan Crabb? Yeah. 
Okay, and Alan Crab. Whatever. <laughs> it's com- it's a completely new team. Long story short, it's a, it's a complete. It's like I think they have like nine out of their thirteen. They did. Jesus Christ. They did acquire Alan Crab. That was before the deadline. That's, not, that's why I wasn't thinking of it. But oh, okay. yeah, overall, overall, I'll I'll let you go first here because I went a little long there on Toronto. What do you think about the moves they made? I went fucking long on Toronto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to give the Timberwolves. This is hard because I want to give them an individual grade on each trade because there's it, it's there's, there's levels to the sit. Would, would would we rather go through trade by trade as opposed to just at their team? Well, let's start with their team and then we can grade each each each, uh, each trade. So let's start off just overall what they did, guys they brought in. What do you think? And then we'll do each each individual trade for the happen to trade deadline. Sounds good. So for the Timberwolves actual team, I would give them a B. I would give them a B for this because. I would give them a B to B plus because here's the thing: the Timberwolves needed to do something different. They needed to do something different, and they and guess what? They got rid of Andrew Wiggins. They got yep. rid of him. He's gone. He's out of Minnesota. That right there is just is is fantastic for them. That was not going to work. He was better this year, but better this year was kind of just him getting back to the level he was on the year before last year. Which was yep. also underwhelming. So they they got. Uh, we'll get to the trade in a minute, but they got D'Angelo Russell. They brought in Malik Beasley. They brought in. Um, you already you already said those guys, but D'Angelo yeah. and Malik Beasley are the most important. Right there, that is their point guard. That is their shooting guard right now, and for the foreseeable future, it looks like at least this season. I like the D'Angelo move some. Here's okay. why. Because, yes, Towns is his friend. Great. They like, they want to play together, all that stuff. But looking at the fit last night, D'Angelo was playing well. However, when D'Angelo is at his best, he, he tends to go overly ISO. He tends to kind of be in the, like, the get the fuck out of my way, guys. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna dribble for 10 seconds and take a step back three. Like... Like that, that, like that's kind of what he does a lot of the time when he's hot, and he was he, he was hot last night. But the problem was is that I didn't see a lot of Carl Anthony Towns, despite having twenty three and ten and and seven assists as well. I mean, Towns had a great night statistically last night. There were times where I just didn't see him much, and mm-hmm. I'm worried that there might be a disconnect chemistry wise for a little bit because neither of these guys have actually played with someone like the other guy. Towns has yep. never played with a point guard like this. And if you think about it, whether it was on the Nets or the Lakers or the Warriors, D'Lo hasn't played with a big like this. Yep. They, neither of these guys are used to an offense-centered, not, not centered, but based heavily on someone whose skill set kind of is a, is, is a juxtaposition to the other. So Okay. Right there, I'm gonna lead him to you, Will. What do you think about this? Oh, by the way, I do I like do I do like the Malik Beasley edition. He was on his way out in Denver. He struggled shooting for the last month or two, but that's that's a good guy for them to bring in. I I really like him as a three and D guy in their in their future. Yeah, so overall, I mean I'm gonna give um, look, Minnesota, they're not making the playoffs this year. They're they're too far gone. So at this point it's just about can you build something that's sustainable to carry over to next year? And 
for that, honestly, I don't even see how they make the playoffs next year right now. But I'm overall going to give them. I'm going to give them a B plus, A minus. And the reason is simple: they brought in talented basketball players. Mm-hmm. They brought in guys that are capable of pl- playing basketball. That simple, <laughs> simple thing is something that they haven't had. And <laughs> and and is D'Angelo Russell getting paid too much money? Yeah, probably. But the thing is, you're in Minnesota. Who are you paying? Great trading, point. Trading for D'Angelo Russell means that you no longer need to look for a point guard. It means that you no longer need to rely on the draft, which hasn't been that great to Minnesota to begin with. It means that you now have another another high-level guy that at least for the foreseeable future is going to keep your best player happy. Mm-hmm. And for the time being, that's good enough. The other reason why I like what they did is because... An- Andrew Wiggins was a cancer. They traded in Andrew Wiggins, and for all we know, and we'll get to this when we talk about Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors, maybe maybe Andrew Wiggins figures it out now. But regardless, this wasn't a fit that this was this is a marriage that was never going to work. Mm-hmm. They were they were too far gone. And just getting anything for that is incredible. I mean, before the season, we were talking about him as a salary dump to, to Charlotte for, like, Nick Batum. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. And I stand by that that was still a decent move for Andrew Wiggins. 100%, yes. And Wiggins and Rozier, what could go wrong? Exactly. So <laughs> I like a lot of the guys they have. They have just capable basketball players. Heron Gomez is a great shooter. A great he's he's a good fit next to Towns. Same thing with Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley is already maybe the second best shooting guard the Towns has ever played with. Right? Um I'm trying to I'm racking my brain for typical shooting guards in the past. It's not pretty. You should stop. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Like Tyus Jones. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, Jim, Jimmy Butler's obviously the best, but we know how that went. So, the guys that they traded for, James Johnson gets paid a lot of money. James Johnson, though, is not a is not a sal is not a salary cap dump for them. James Johnson's a guy that's like he just played twenty seven minutes last night. He's a guy that's going to play. He, he's a guy that's going to bring toughness to a team that doesn't have any. Mm-hmm. The, the guys that they brought in, I, I, I keep saying this, but it's something that they haven't had. They have basketball players. That's enough right now. So we'll, we'll see. Do I think that this team is built to make the playoffs and built to win? No. But it's a good step forward for a team that showed absolutely nothing for so many years. And I, and I think that on that note, we should, uh, we should move on to the Warriors. Yeah, so so let's let, let's go over that entire trade. Okay. So that entire trade, the D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins was D'Angelo Russell, Amari Spellman, and Jacob Evans for Andrew Wiggins. Who by the way, I like Amari Spellman. Me too. Just just want to come out and say that. Did did they flip him again? I don't remember. I don't I don't rem- I don't think so. Uh, I'm gonna. Wasn't it, uh, was it, was it Magic Johnson a big uh, Omari Spellman guy before the draft? 
Oh, he's still on the Timberwolves, but they're considering waving him. Regardless, I like Spellman, so I think someone should pick him up. So he's now. Oh, now, one yeah. thing that, oh, yeah. and, and one thing that uh, you left out, the Warriors also uh, acquired, in, in addition to Andrew Wiggins, the Timberwolves' 2021 first-round pick, top three protected, yep. and a 2021 second from the Timberwolves. Yep. So, so in regards to those, actually here, in, yeah, in, in regards to those picks, the the 2021 pick, that's that could end up being a valuable one. I could see that one being around number ten. But the way I'm the way I'm going to choose to look at that is I think that was worth it because you get off the Andrew Wiggins contract and you bring in a cap and you bring in uh and you bring in a guy that's actually a, a good player. I think that overall that was that was that was a fine move. I mean I thought they were gonna have a have to attach a first just to get off of Wiggins anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see where that pick ends up being, obviously though. But for the Warriors I think it's an interesting trade. I don't particularly like it, but it's certainly interesting. What do you think? I mean, here's the thing. Other than the San Antonio Spurs, if there's any situation where Andrew Wiggins will reform himself into an NBA star, this is the situation. Yep. Um, I'm really excited for the unintentional comedy of the uh, of the Wiggins versus Draymond spat that's gonna inevitably happen in the following months or next year. That's gonna be oh, yep. <laughs> that's gonna be funny. Um, and it's 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 kind of interesting how the Warriors are kind of I feel like they're looking at Wiggins kind of as someone who could step into the Harrison Barnes role exactly that he used to have on the Warriors. And and if they get anything more than um, Harrison Barnes from Wiggins, if they can improve his outside shot and so forth. That's fantastic, but I think that that's I think Wiggins is the type of player that they're looking for to fill that hole on their team, and he's still young, you know. I mean, yeah. he's got his his potential. Andrew Wiggins' potential was never the question. I mean, obviously, no, no, it was him being in the witness protection program for NBA games. That was a problem, um, in the middle of the third quarter. Um, but but for the Warriors, I probably give this trade. Uh, I'd give this trade a B. I'm not giving. I mean, okay. The problem is, is that I, I kind of wonder if they could have gotten more for for D'Angelo. Like Andrew Wiggins in a first doesn't seem like a great return for D'Angelo. Yeah, I think I think a part of the thing it, problem is they really just seem to want him out of the locker room, and I wonder. That's worrisome. That's really I wonder. Worrisome. I wonder what's going to start to leak out about that because it did seem very out of the blue of suddenly we need to get this guy out of here. Um, uh, we we all knew that the fit was not going to be great with him and Clay. I comp- I said that I could maybe see them work if he adopted like some kind of some kind of Ginobili role with them. Obviously, we're never going to see if he's capable of doing that. Um, but just the fit to begin with was never a great. But. I really wonder if we're going to learn something new about what was going on in there. That would make sense. Now, in terms of the Warriors getting Andrew Wiggins, how many teams in the NBA can trade for Andrew Wiggins and have it not be an instant F? <laughs> my list, I, I have three on my list, and I'm curious to know if yours matches. 
So I have number one, the Warriors, number two, the Spurs, and number three, the Raptors. The Raptors? Just because he's from Canada? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, bring him back to Canada, see if he can, see see if he starts to feel different playing in his home country. Uh, again, another place where you're not asking him to be the star, good culture. Masai will slap him if he needs to. I mean, this might be not the greatest comparison, but like, you know, the Raptors brought Anthony Bennett back to Canada. Uh, yeah, but Anthony <laughs> Bennett was terrible. Andrew Wiggins at least has potential. Anthony I'm Bennett, that picks... Of bringing someone back to their home country isn't like the end-all be-all. Like... No, but Anthony Bennett wasn't even supposed to be a top-ten pick. <laughs> I said it was a flawed comparison. <laughs> anyway. Um, I mean, I, I don't disagree, though. I mean, the, I, I don't disagree. Reason, that, the reason it, I it's like... A point. Yeah. I don't love them trading for Andrew Wiggins. Um, the only reason, though, that I could see it working out is they're going to ask... Ask him to be the number three scorer, the number four person, the number three scorer, and the number four person on their star list. They're literally just going to ask him to score occasionally and play defense, and that's something that has never been asked of him. Even though he was a good defender coming out of college, uh, he was never put in an environment that preached defense. Draymond is going to preach defense. Um, in fact, it will, might be a little bit more than preaching, but like him screaming with a bat, like, exactly. so <laughs> I could see it working out. I could also see it being a colossal failure. I lean more on the failure side right now, but I'm certainly, I certainly see the potential of it working out. I agree. And on that note, I think we got to get to our next trade because we're, right. we're taking so, that long. <laughs> all right. So, so, so we're going to get through a few, uh, a few super easy trades right here. Um, We'll start off with some uh, some easier ones. Mavericks acquire Justin Patton. The Thunder acquire Isaiah Roby. I don't <laughs> care. Move on. <laughs> Fuck <are> them. <laughs> All right. I know Justin Patton. He got he was like first round like a few years ago. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 do the uh, Clint Capella trade. This is a fun one. Yes, Actually, you know what? We'll do we'll do that one next. We we should do let's let's do a few super small ones first. All right. Magic acquired James Ennis. Sixers acquire a second-round pick. I mean, the second-round pick is probably more valuable than James Ennis was this year. So I'm not, James, I'm not Ennis is, James Ennis has been bad this year, but the Magic are so desperate for literally anyone uh, that I actually think it's a good trade for him. Like, couldn't the Magic like find KJ McDaniels somewhere in like Turkey or wherever he is? <laughs> like, not. Oh wait, 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 wait! I was gonna say I was gonna I saved this for the Warriors. I didn't tell you about this. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who guess what point guard was playing was playing heavy minutes for the Warriors last night? Last night, I honest. What's that? Drum roll, please. Let's hear it. I had he had a part in his hair that was blonde, and the area around it was dyed blonde. He was in the big three last year. Playing with Katito Mobley. Oh, God. Jeremy Pargo. Oh, wow. He's playing. He's 33. He just came from uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. Oh, wow. He's 33. He hasn't played in the NBA since 2012. Oh, wow. 2010 Israeli Cup League MVP, Jeremy Pargo. The 2016 CBA Assists Leader, Jeremy Pargo. You know, I knew they signed him. 
because when I saw that, I was like, Gennaro Pargo's back in the league? And I was like, oh, his brother. <laughs> oh, but Gennaro Pargo? 40, and that one made more sense in my mind. I don't know if there's anyone listening to this podcast who knows who Gennaro Pargo is. So Gennaro Pargo is actually an assistant coach for the Blazers, which I didn't know. Oh, interesting. Um, oh okay. wow! So 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 this is the list of people that come up if you search for Gennaro Pargo, Tariq Black, Scotty Wilbekin, uh, Mike Brown, Jared Cunningham, Austin Day. We are going. Nate Walters, Robert Sacre, David Stockton, Josh Selby, Vander Blue. Anyway, Robert Sacre. <laughs> those are some <laughs> great names. Ben Celebration. Great names right there. All right, anyway, sorry, I, I I cut you off there. For, for what it's worth, I liked Vander Blue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, 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 the Celtics D-League team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, James Ennis, I think that it was a good pickup for the Magic. They're so desperate for literally anyone that can score a basket that giving up a second-round pick, which, by the way, is the Lakers' second-round pick, so it's going to be in the 50s anyway. Whatever. It's worth it. I'm giving the trade an F. On to Yikes. the next one. <laughs> On to the next one. We'll do another small one here. Um Another small one. Hawks acquire Scal, Abyssier, and Cash. The Blazers acquire a second-round pick, top 55 protected, (laughs) in 2024. Or, in other words, they paid the Hawks to take Scal, Abyssier. I think that's an A for the Blazers. I'm dead. Top 55 protected. (laughs) (laughs) And... And they wait. I want to okay. I want to Google how much Scal Labissier makes um, because they they also gave uh, they gave them one point seven million dollars to take his contract. So let's see how much his contract is. They really big dead ass paid him. Oh my god! He only makes one point six. So they Ooh. sent an extra one hundred and fifty k to take him. Oh god. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. That's hilarious. All right, let's let's do another small one here. The Nuggets acquire Jordan McRae. The Wizards acquire Shabazz Napier. Jordan McRae's had some like good games this year. Like he's scored like, a few okay. times. I was gonna say I give this one an A for the Nuggets. Me too. He's been good. Shabazz Napier has had an up and down career. He was never gonna get minutes on this team. Jordan McRae at least is a little bit of a bigger guy. Um. He's still only like six foot five, I think, but bigger than sub six foot Shabazz Napier. Jordan McRae has averaged 13 points a game this year on 38% three point shooting. And you know what? Fine. Whatever. Great. Good for the Nuggets. Because I could, I could very realistically seeing, or realistically see game four of the first round of the playoffs. The Nuggets are down seven. Mike Malone is looking up and down his bench. He's like, who the hell am I going to put in? Put some Jordan McRae as like a. Jesus, well, here's here's my Hail Mary. Jordan McRae hits five threes in a, in a quarter. Yeah. Why not? Good, good I'm, still for, I'm, still, I'm still waiting for LeBron to sh- trade for Shabazz Napier. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, honestly, good trade. Good trade Good trade for the Nuggets. Um, they, I could very realistically see that <laughs> working out. Uh, good trade for the Wizards, too, I guess. I'm not as good. I give it a C, but... You know, someone's got to play the backup point guard minutes for him. Might as well be Shabazz Napier. Yeah, All right, got, another one. What's that? I got nothing else to say. On to the All next right. One. Rockets acquire 10 years away from being 20 years away. Bruno Caboclo. 
for the uh, from the Grizzlies for Jordan Bell, uh, plus a picks a second round pick swap and another second round pick. Um, the Rockets getting Bruno Caboclo. I don't f. I don't think he's a good player. A plus, A plus for the Rockets. <laughs> Daryl Morey. This is what I'm talking about. Well, Daryl Morey. Inside genius. <laughs> the Grizzlies got two second-round picks for a guy they had absolutely no intention of playing or keeping. Give that a solid B for them. Uh, here's Let's do another small one. Hawks acquired Dwayne Dedman, uh, as well as two second-round picks. The Kings acquired Jabari Parker and Alex Len. Um, for this the is- Hawks, for the Hawks, I mean... They have a lot of centers now, and a lot of just big guys. They have Deadman, Collins, and Capella, all of whom I prefer at the center position. I get it. Deadman was good for the Hawks last year. I don't really like this. That being said, they gave up two guys that they really didn't like to begin with, and Jabari Parker and Alex Len, two guys that, again, they had no intention of keeping or really wanting to play anymore, so whatever. I'm gonna rephrase your your uh, your your saying of that trade. Will Hawks acquired Vlade Divox, free agency fuck up slash just flat out <laughs> shitstorm. Dwayne Dedman, either the Rockets or he, the, the 2020 pick swap, whatever, whatever. This is this is hilarious because the Kings overpaid Dwayne Dedman in free agency and literally just had to get rid of him at the trade deadline for as literally well, nothing. So as they well could as draft so This is. <laughs> They lost. They oh my god! You know they what? Actually, cap space and gave away picks. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> it's a it's it's a king special. It's king just special. yeah. Honestly, I really don't even know what else to say about that trade besides kings. It's just congratulations. You played yourself. To everybody involved. Uh, Sixers acquire Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third from the Warriors for three second round picks. I give the Sixers an A, and I give the Warriors a solid B+. I agree with that. I mean, Alec Burks is someone that has bounced around teams like a pinball for the last year or two. Yep. And I mean, I've never been a fan of his, but if you're, the, if you're the Sixers, Alec Burks isn't a bad guy to see as like your 10th man. And my guy, Big Dog Jr., uh, Glenn Robinson... Uh, he's been he's been he's been fantastic at points this year. He's been he, he he's still been a little catfishy because that's kind of that's kind of how that's he does he it a little bit. But he's he's shot forty percent from three. Yeah, he's been good this year. He's someone I had a lot of faith in going into this year. He's proven me right for the most part. So yep. those are at least two guys. If, if you're the Sixers, that you can literally just go out and say and, and take out Tobias Harris, the forty million dollar man, and work on Corkmaz and say Glenn just just try to space the floor. Yeah, and no, that's, that's exactly it. Four spacing, so shit. That's exactly it. They got two guys that can shoot threes, and honestly, that can also get hot really quickly for three second-round picks. And if you're a team like the Sixers that's trying to compete right now, those second-round picks uh, really aren't going to do you much good. This is the kind of thing you do them for. Good trade for them. And for the Warriors, you're getting assets for guys that you weren't going to keep anyway. This is the kind of trade that you make, you know, if you like, if you have, like, Jonathan Simmons on your roster, you know, you just yeah. want to... Just have some like extra depth. Oh wait, (laughs) they don't have him. Exactly. (laughs) Have no assets anymore. So fuck it. Why not trade everybody for these guys? Exactly. Oh my god, I missed my favorite analogy in that uh, 
in that um what trade in the Dwayne du- in the Dwayne Deadman for Jabari Parker and Alex Len trade. Shuffling chairs on the Titanic. Yes, that's a fact. God, that's my favorite phrase, and I totally forgot to use it right there. All right, let's get to a big one now. The Rockets acquire Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, who was then traded, and the Warriors' 2024 second-round pick. The Hawks acquire Clint Capella and Nene. I'm still in the league. I did not know he was still in the league. I was like, (laughs) oh, when this trade happened. The Timberwolves acquire Malik Beasley, Heron Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and the Nets, uh, and, a, and the Nets first round pick this year, top 14 protected. The Nuggets acquire Gerald Green, Kieta Bates Diup, Shabazz Napier, who was then traded, Noah Vonley, and the Rockets 2020 first round pick, Julian. Totally unrelated question. Can you name the two centers currently on the Rockets? Isaiah Hartenstein. That is one. Uh. <laughs> Three, two, one. Tyson Chandler. Whoa! <laughs> I had no idea. They were cor- before this trade. Before this trade, they had cornered the markets on wash centers. <laughs> With with Nene and Tyson Chandler, I had no idea that Nene and Tyson Chandler were both on this team. Like I knew individually that they were both on the Nuggets. I mean, on the on the Raptor, Jesus Rockets. But it never occurred to me that they both were. If that makes sense. Wow, that's that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Right. So so let let's let's go through team by team here. The Rockets getting Robert Covington and a second round pick and. And they have now completely taken a head dive and gone all into this super small ball type of basketball. We're not going to play with a center. We're going to play 6-6 P.J. Tucker at center. Julian, are they making the right move? I can honestly say I have no idea. (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. Covington at this point is like he's like he's good, but he's to me he's gotten a little overrated completely over the overrated past year or two. And you know, Bill Simmons talked about this in his last podcast with Ryan Rosillo about, and I, I completely forgot about this. And this was a fact where I think every single Celtics fan, like two years ago when it was Sixer Celtics in the playoffs, are you talking about Jason Tatum? I didn't listen to their podcast, but I know you're about to say Jason Tatum, aren't you? No, I was saying every Celtics what? fan was like. Robert Covington, please shoot. Please shoot. No, no, no. And on top of that, he melted down guarding Jason Tatum. Tatum destroyed him. <laughs> that was Robert Covington's, like, last prominent playoff appearance. So, like, trading Clint Capella, who, who has his faults and is replaceable. I hate saying he's replaceable, but, like, he, he, ha- he definitely has his faults. But he's still a good player. And... I, and I'm not really a Capella fan, but this this felt selling a little low to me. If they were able to bring in someone like my guy, I, I, I give him a shout out like every every three days of my life. Rashawn Holmes, if they yeah. were able to bring in someone like that, maybe get a little extra something in that type of a trade, I would have given this an A. But the Rockets are so small, and I can't help but wonder if maybe this was a little bit of Daryl Morey and D'Antoni trying to maybe trap the other team into trying to go big against them 
Yep. And then just running them off the floor. Yeah, I could see that. that happening. Like I could. I, I, it, this makes it. This really makes it interesting when you think about how they're gonna be against a team like the Nuggets, where you just got Jokic inside and PJ Tucker is like a, is like a foot shorter than him, and he's trying to guard yep. him. But, oh, this is this is totally doubling down on the we're just gonna outscore you thing. Yeah, and 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 uh, it's just it's it's just a weird move. Like I would give this, I feel like I have to give this a B minus. Like I would just have a little more confidence in the Rockets if Capella were still there. And the Rockets okay. did have a good thing going recently. I mean, Westbrook has been just got he's got like a he's just been lighting everything on fire. Westbrook's been an all star recently. Yeah, he's been great. He's been great. Honestly, since December, he's been great. Now, you know, here, here's my very quick uh, take on this trade because we got a lot of other stuff to get to. Mm-hmm. I look at this trade, and I completely understand them not wanting to pay Clint Capella between 15 to $20 million over the next, like, three or four years. Oh, fuck no, I would Because he to. is completely replaceable in that offense. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in the defense. And I understand why they don't value his rebounding. Because they have two of the best rebounding guards in the league in Harden and Westbrook, especially Westbrook. And they have just based they have they have very uh low center of gravity defenders, if that makes sense. And Daniel House, uh Robert Covington kind of, and especially PJ Tucker. So they have guys that you won't easily be able to post up against, even if they're undersized. But this is a regular season move, I think. And in the playoffs, when things get a little bit tougher and possessions slow down, and now you're playing... And by the way, Jokic proved last year that he is a force in the playoffs. Yes. And I do worry about them being able to defend those type of guys, and I worry about the wear and tear over a seven-game series on P.J. Tucker if he's being hit by Jokic for, you know, seven straight games for 40 minutes a game. Well, let me let me stop you real quick. Fuck Jokic. Lakers got someone in AD. Well, yeah, I was just thinking of someone they might be able to play in the first round. But, yeah, exactly. Anthony Davis. What are we doing there? Like... <laughs> Exactly. AD and LeBron out there, like that's just that's just it's just size wise, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I think. Look, overall, I think that it's a fun move to make because we don't have enough weird teams in the league, and you have the Rockets going super small and the Sixers going super big, and I don't have faith in either of them, but it's still a fun storyline, and it's kind of it's kind of funny. All right. I disagree with that. So what do you think about so so going off of that, what do you think about the Hawks acquiring Clint Capella in this? So for the Hawks, I kind of like it. I don't like the fit with Capella and John Collins. That's but I do I do love the fit of Capella and Trey Young. And Clint Capella gives them a very young center under team control for the next four years. Four, three or four years. I think it's three years after this. Three years. Uh, and it gives them 
a guy that's a great rebounder. He'll be able to make up for a lot of Trey Young being burned off the dribble kind of thing. He'll block shots. He'll get rebounds. He'll protect the rim. But most importantly, he's a rim runner. And Trey Young needs that. He needs a guy that's going to set good screens. Capella is not a great screen setter. But he's he's a good enough one. He's no Aaron Baines. He's no DeAndre Jordan. He's no Al Horford. What's that? He said, you beat me to it. (laughs) Watching Aaron Baines screen setting porn out here. (laughs) (laughs) But he's, he's capable and he's certainly better than Alex Len. So overall for the Hawks. High standard. Overall for the Hawks, I like it just because I think that it's something different. And Atlanta's another kind of place where you're not really getting free agents. So if they were to go out out and sign Nene for a three-year, $50 million contract, you'd call that a win, right? So... I mean, the thing with the thing with Capella for me is that this gives, like you said, he's under team control. He's young. He fits with Trey Young, but not John Collins. I think that this is a situation where they could flip Capella this summer potentially, just because there's such little on the trade market if they yep. needed to. Or and John Collins. Yeah, I, I th- and John Collins is fantastic. John Collins, I love John Collins. He's a star. He's he's a legitimate star in this league. And I th- actually disagree. I think Atlanta will get free agents. They just need to put a better team on the floor. I mean, Atlanta's a fun place to live. You got yeah. the strip clubs. You know what I'm saying? You got, oh, you got yeah. the music. You got all that <laughs> stuff in Atlanta. It sounds, it sounds, <laughs> shit, it sounds fun. I want to try to go. I wouldn't want to go to the strip club, <laughs> though. Like, that's not really like, I'm saying, I'm not, I don't need to, like, I don't need to partake in those type of activities, you know. Plus, plus you got to, if you want to go to a strip club, you got to have money. I'm saying, I just, I do like, not have that. I'm saying, I've got, I've got like $10 in quarters. I'm saying I'm, I'm be, <laughs> okay. I'd be next hail. Um. Next next team who we kind of talked about before, the Timberwolves. They got Malik Beasley. They got Heron Gomez. They got Evan Turner, who will probably get bought out. Jared Vanderbilt and the Nets first round pick. I like it for the, I like it for the Timberwolves. They had no intention. Robert Compton isn't a guy that they really wanted to keep long term, but Malik Beasley and and Heron Gomez, they get two. Capable basketball players for one. And I think that the sum of both of them is greater than Robert Covington. I think for they get two basketball players for two. I really like uh, Kata Bates' job that they... Oh, I was going to talk about him later. Damn it. (laughs) I like him. I think he's pretty good. He shot like 43% on like corner threes this year. Yeah, he... That was going to be... My sneaky Nuggets acquisition thing that I was going to talk about, but we can we can skip over to Timberwolves. We've already talked about them enough. Bottom line, Malik Beasley uh, and Heron Gomez are capable shooters. Uh, and this is the first. You know what occurred to me? Sorry, blasting about the Timberwolves. This this lineup that they can put out there. Uh, they also got Allen Crab, so they could hypothetically put out a lineup of D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Allen Crab, Heron Gomez, Carl Anthony Towns. Put Carl Anthony Towns in the middle. What's that? That was most of the. That was most of last night. Yeah, you put Carl Anthony Towns in the middle. That's the most amount of space he's ever had in his career. Mm-hmm. He, he was playing with Jeff Teague, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Tosh Gibson. Like, this is space. That is not. This this might be good for him. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Nuggets. Gerald Green, who's out this year. 
Uh, Bates Diub, Shabazz Napier that was traded, Noah Vonley, and a first-round pick. Great for the Nuggets. They flipped two guys, three, sorry, three guys that they really, they had they had no room in their rotation for. They didn't want to pay Beasley. Heron Gomez was never going to get playing time over Porter Jr. And they flip him for Bates Diup, who I really like. I think that he is a, he could end up being a very good 3 and D kind of guy. Uh, he's kind of got like one of those old school bodies. I like those kind of guys. That was part of the reason why I kind of liked uh, Kevin Knox. I regret that one, but <laughs> <laughs> I like those guys with old school bodies, very top heavy. But that's Bates Diup, and he's just a big guy. I think it's a good fit. Vonley is a is a good player, and they get a pick out of it. So why not? I I I don't have anything else to say. I agree. I agree. I completely agree. All right. Let's let's get on to another one here. Uh, we talked about D'Angelo Russell. Talked about Scalabissier. I'm just scrolling through here. Okay. Um, all right. I'll, I'll give you the choice. Do you want to talk about Andre Drummond, Marcus Morris, or Iguodala? I kind of want to do Drummond. The Drummond's going to be really f- – let's do Drummond first. Cavs acquire Andre Drummond. The piston – sorry. The, the loyalty list piston <laughs> acquire Brandon Knight, John Henson – and the less favorable second round draft pick in 2023 of the Cavs or the Warriors. In other words, they gave Andre Drummond away for literally nothing. Where do you give each team in this trade? Well, how is your Col- Kobe Altman stock doing right now? Okay, we're going to start off with me. Um, this is uh, in- indefensible. And. Look, I understand. I understand the appeal of this trade for the Cavs. They get, they Do get it? a good. I no, I understand the appeal. So they get a guy that's averaging sixteen and fifteen. If this, if Andre Drummond was playing in the in the in the eighties and nineties, he'd be like a top five guy in the league. Yes, but we're not, and he doesn't fit with Kevin Love. They still have Tristan Thompson on this roster. And it feels like the Pistons traded him because they were afraid of him picking up his player option. And the, the Cavs, if he, if Andre Drummond, Drummond doesn't get doesn't pick up his option, the Cavs don't have to resign him. They don't they're not obligated to do anything. I just don't understand why they did this to begin with, though. It's like the the, the Pistons trading Drummond because of the player option is like breaking up with someone because they like you too much. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of hilarious. Like how the Pistons really, the Pistons actually looked in the mirror and were like, "Okay, we literally need to get rid of this guy as soon as possible," which is yeah. kind of insane in a way because you also know, the Pistons couldn't get any option. more than this. That's what I'm about to say. Like the they, they couldn't even get a good second round pick. They got they they literally just gave drummed away for for like a lawn chair and a bag of chips. Like can I give? I'm going to give both teams a D minus. I agree. This is just a sad trade for everybody involved. There's no there's no winner to this. You know. Yeah, this is bad. This is it's bad. All losers. The Pistons roster gets sadder. The Cavs spacing gets even also, worse than it was. Everybody's drum is miserable. Larry Nance Jr. is gonna his playing time is gonna take a hit. Will I mean? It's <laughs> this trade is yeah. sad. <laughs> this is just bad, and it's like, and you know, Kevin Love saw the alert on his phone, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm still a Cavalier." <laughs> you think Kevin Love gets? Someone Cavs save alerts? Kevin Love! <laughs> Kevin Love definitely doesn't get Cavs alerts on his phone. 
It's like, oh yeah, you know, he's but, twenty-seven but he, tonight. But he, but he probably gets he probably gets Woj alerts to know if he's been traded or not. Yeah, Kevin Love like wakes up to his phone on Christmas morning. Hopefully, hopefully that'll see like ten messages from his agent that aren't like stop being <laughs> dick on the floor and pass the ball. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's, let's do the Marcus Morris. Let's do the Marcus Morris one, and then let's end on Iguodala because I think that's I think that's a really interesting trade. Sounds good. So Marcus Morris, the Clippers acquire Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. They've since cut Isaiah Thomas. The Knicks acquire Mo Harkless, the uh, Clippers' first-round pick this year, Pistons' second-round pick, and the right to swap their own 2021 first-round draft pick with the Clippers' 2021 draft pick. The Wizards acquire Jerome Robinson. So let's start off. Let's start off with the Knicks part. What do you give this trade for the Knicks? I give this trade. You know, I'm. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Knicks made a reasonable trade. Like this is a reasonable trade. Like they I'm got giving it an A. I'm giving it an A. I'm giving this a B plus because it wasn't like the, the Knicks got some fantastic return for Marcus Morris. And honestly, the Knicks got a cancer out of their locker room. Someone who was who who, who somehow managed to shoot himself in the foot after shooting himself in the foot. Um, with just just saying some dumb misogynistic shit after no, no, no. getting in a fight with he Jake shot Howard. himself in the foot. He shot himself in the foot, then took out another gun, trying to shoot the gun, and accidentally shot himself in the foot again. <laughs> He's like Plaxico. <laughs> so yeah. So so so, so, so shoot the next. What's that? So I was just gonna say, like, long story short, I've always been a Mohawkless fan. He doesn't matter in this trade. He's expiring. Next, the, the Knicks got a 2021st round pick from the Clippers. That pick's exactly. gonna suck. Let's be honest. It's gonna be like 29, 30. Who cares? The Knicks got something from Marcus Morris that wasn't Agreed. Bad Agreed. chemistry in a bunch of like icy yeah. stairs. Yeah. So here's here's why I give this turn an A for the Knicks. They traded Marcus Morris without taking on additional salary for next year and acquired a first round draft pick for a guy that shouldn't be there long term anyway they also get a second round pick now they can swap their 2021 draft pick with the clippers what needs to happen in in the nba in order for that pick swap to go through i want all i know is i want to be alive on whatever day that takes place that might, <laughs> just that might end on that day. It's, 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 it's quite possible. It's incredible. All right, so the Wizards acquired Jerome Robinson for Isaiah Thomas. I give that a B. You get, you get a young guy under team control. He's not signed to an expensive contract. He's, like I said, very young. Maybe he ends up being a capable backup point guard. He hasn't showed much in his career up to this point. But Isaiah was never going to be a long-term piece there anyway. And you, get, and you get a young guy with potential for someone that wasn't going to be there anyway. I agree. The Wizards, the rest of this Wizard season, and, and I think they definitely know it, is really just a tryout for next year. You know, they're going to keep giving minutes to guys like Moritz Wagner, Isaac Bonga, and now Jerome Robinson. I mean, it's this, just just enjoy the rest of the year. See what you have on the roster that's going to take less, that's going to get less playing time when John Wall comes back last year. So why not if you're yep. the Wizards? It's a, it's a good trade, I think. Yep. The Clippers. This is a very tough one for me. I'm giving this a C. I'm giving this a C. I literally I was think thinking C minus. Okay. I don't, I don't understand shit. Maybe I'll give a C minus too. I don't understand this for the Clippers. 
Moe Harkless has his flaws. There's no secret. He has his flaws. But I've always been a fan of his. He's just he's a simple 3 and D guy. You don't have to worry about anything else with Moe Harkless. Yep. Yes, with Marcus Morris on your team, who's been able to play some defense in his career, even though I think his defensive reputation is way better than it actually is. It's just and part of his tough guy thing. Yeah, his, his tough guy. Air quotes around tough guy. Um, I'm really talking spicy about Marcus Morris today. He just he just gets on my nerves. I thought this shit with with the with the Grizzlies fight was just so stupid. Anyway, um, and, and anyway, the thing with Morris is that he and, and, and he had his moments for the Celtics last few years. He shot the cover off the ball. Yeah, for moments. Years, like forty four percent or something. Yeah, he's been <laughs> shooting it crazy. My thing with Morris is that. He's exactly the type of guy I'm kind of afraid to have out there on a team with multiple superstars because Marcus Morris, for better or worse, mostly worse in the fourth quarter, still thinks he's the best player on the floor. And it's always great to have some irrational confidence guys on your team, but not one that's like, we're down yeah. by two with 30 seconds left. Kawhi, yep. I got this. ISO Here. contested mid-range. 24 so, feet. I got this. So, so here's here's my Marcus Morris opinion. Um, I have I've had to watch a lot of Marcus Morris over the last few years due to him being on the Celtics and then the Knicks. He stops I've, the ball completely. completely I've had to watch it. a lot of him, and this the only reason I like this trade for the Clippers is that because it keeps him off the Lakers. Hmm. That's the only reason I like this trade, is that it keeps him off the Lakers. And it's the Bill Belichick kind of thinking of, oh man, we're really having a lot of trouble uh, stopping, insert running back from the Buffalo Bills this this game. We're just going to trade it for him so we don't have to deal with him again. Hmm. And it works a lot easier in football when you have like a 54-man roster. Who was the guy that they did that with? The running back. I'm gonna, as I'm saying this, I'm gonna search this in the background. They they kept him off the uh, off the off the uh, Lakers, and I think that that's very important. So, so Mike Gillisley, that was his name. Mike Gillisley, the Patriots. Uh, he tore up the Patriots one week, and then like the next offseason, the Patriots signed him. Barely played, and then we were like, "Oh, well, we don't have to deal with him anymore on the other team." Wow, it's a deep dive. Mike, <laughs> I, I knew that was a running back. I couldn't wow. remember his name. Okay. Um. Now, now the reason I don't like this trade for the Clippers is because this goes into the very simple concept of why do we win, why do we lose? Knowing each of those is imperative. To know to having your team succeed, and to me, this says that the Clippers don't know why they win. They they have their roster is built on ball stoppers. Kawhi Leonard gets the ball; he's gonna hold it. Paul George gets the ball; he's more likely to move it than Kawhi, but he still wants to shoot. Lou Williams; he's gonna hold it. <laughs> <laughs> so now you put these four guys on the perimeter who all want to shoot and who all want to hold the ball and not only shoot, but these aren't guys that want to get their shot within the flow of their offense. These are guys that want to make their shot. These are guys, Marcus Morris is going to be in a game in the playoffs. They're going to be down two with 30 seconds left. And Marcus Morris is going to be thinking, 
why is this play not drawn up for me? <laughs> and that's an issue when you have three guys you'd rather have shooting th- shooting than him. The reason he's been able to succeed on the Knicks this year and shoot and play so well is that he hasn't had to worry about anyone taking his shots. He hasn't had any. He hasn't had to worry about the coach saying, "Okay, Marcus Morris, let's have less Marcus Morris." He's been allowed to take whatever shots he wants, and that's been great for his stats. But it's not great for team success. Mm-hmm. And you look back at the at the issues he had in Boston, and one of the big ones was the fact that in games, Marcus Morris is thinking Marcus Morris time, and everyone else is thinking, "Dude, we have Tatum and Kyrie." <laughs> Or as Terry Rozier would say, Terry Rozier time. <laughs> that team was so flawed. Now, I don't like this trade for the Clippers. I think that it I think that it increases their ceiling defensively, but offensively, it's really going to hurt them. I don't have a lot of faith in Marcus Morris having a seamless transition into the Clippers. And I worry about what this means come playoffs when everything slows down and people start dribbling more and Marcus Morris just starts thinking Marcus Morris time. Speaking of Marcus Morris, he has 10 points tonight. Great. And, and exactly, Will, I know exactly what we're going to do when we finish this podcast. Sixers up 87-84 against the Clippers, nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Kawhi has 25, Simmons has 23, and Bede has 23. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. To say I'm very saying. last trade, very anyway. last trade. So we we got this trade to get into, and then we got a very special topic to get into. <laughs> so we, let's get through this one. Let's get through these last two quick because we've been we've been going long on this show. The Heat acquire Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. The Grizzlies acquire Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, who I'll get to in a minute, and Gorgie Jang. <laughs> The Timberwolves acquire James Johnson. I'm going to start off with the Timberwolves, like I mentioned before. They get they get James Johnson for uh, Gorgie Jang, who this is not a salary this is not a salary dump for them. They want James Johnson. He fits. He he's like he's going to be a good piece for this team. He's going to bring a toughness that they don't have, and not and not some fake Marcus Morris toughness. James Johnson is tough. James Johnson is. Might be honestly because Zach Randolph retired, the number one tough guy, real tough guy in the league. Yeah, James Johnson. Like we said, like I was, I, I asked you yesterday, the other day if there's a, I, I asked you yesterday if they've come out with odds yet for the James Johnson Conor McGregor fight in 2023. <laughs> like James Johnson will like kick buck you, and like give you an assault. Like he's like James James Johnson's out here. Anyway, um, the only uh, guy more likely to throw a punch in a game than James Johnson is Serge Ibaka. Either like, or like grab someone's dick, or like I don't know, like, <laughs> some, like something. Like That's what like Draymond food. Green does. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, overall, I like I like this for the Timberwolves. I like this I like for, it the for the Timberwolves. By the way, for the side, Grizzlies, yeah, A plus for the Grizzlies. I really like this. Just they got rid of. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I think it's like Jay Crowder was actually kind of like the heart and soul a little bit of this Memphis team this year. But, you know, he, he's not someone that you got to put off limits, and, and they needed to get rid of Iguodala. They got Justice Winslow, who's done pretty much nothing this year, but he's still he's an intriguing guy. Like, I think that he can fit with uh, Jaron Jackson and Ja on this offense. He, he's, he's, he warrants a look. And for me, 
Gorgie Jang has been in exile in Minnesota for like three, four years. He hasn't even wanted to be there. I've, yep. I actually, going back to Louisville, because I remember watching him on the Rick Pitino team that won the title, I actually always liked Gorgie Jang a lot. I think he's got a little face-up game. He can hit a jumper. I th- I'm really excited to see him on the Grizzlies. I think that he could actually add something that uh, Valanchunas doesn't do right now as far as um, his role in this team. Uh, so, yeah, what do you think of Will? For for Memphis? For the Grizzlies, yeah. And I, I, I lift out Dion Waiters because I know you want to get to that special. Oh, yeah. I'm furious about that. I The only time I'm going to be more furious about that is when, is when we get to our next segment. Yeah, so don't worry. <laughs> so... So yeah, this this trade for the Grizzlies, this is why you don't buy out players. They they could have they could have just bought out Andre Iguodala to start the year. But now you get a guy, Justice Winslow, who is under team control. He and when healthy, this guy has been really good. Mm-hmm. He maybe hasn't been like that pre-draft type, but he's been really good. In all of the advanced metrics suggested the Heat were significantly better when he played. He's only 23 years old. He still has time to get healthy and get his career together. And you get him for two guys, Iguodala and Jake, who weren't long-term pieces anyway. Winslow fits with the timeline of Ja and Jaron Jackson. They're not going to ask him to be anything other than a secondary ball handler and guard the and and great defender, which he is, and he and he might be good for Ja too, because he, he'll allow Ja to have some time to play off the ball and maybe not take such a pounding every game. This now now Winslow's only played like four games this year. There's a reason why he was tradable, but I think that if you're the Grizzlies, this is the exact kind of move you make when you're rebuilding to take risks and try to get a player. They also got Dion Waiters in this trade, who I understand them not to have him around the locker room, but they cut him. Julian, they cut Dion Waiters, and not only did they cut him, they cut him with a year still remaining on his contract. So they're paying him $14 million this year to go away. And fourteen million dollars next year to not be there, Julian. What are what are two of the things that I say every damn podcast? Uh, don't cut players, and uh, cap space is an asset. Yup. <laughs> cap space is a fucking asset. Okay, so now you don't have fourteen million dollars available. So, by the way, the reason why I think that Dion Waiters would be so valuable is that. He'd be an expiring $14 million deal in a year in a free agency class in 2021 where everyone is going to want to clear cap space to go chase after the Paul Georges, the Kawhis, the Giannis's, etc. That is a huge free agency year. And that would have been a huge asset to say, hey, this guy, $14 million, he's expiring. You don't have to deal with that money after this season. Then you can go try to sign the guy that you want. They could have probably gotten something for that. If they really didn't want to have him around the locker room, do what you did to Iguodala and say, hey, we're going to pay you not to show up. I'd rather have had them do that than to just cut him for nothing. But if you are going to cut him, then buy him out and save money. 
this is just I don't even what they did is so indefensible to me that this trade that I was going to give them an A, I now give an F. <laughs> I to me, to me they might have I just I am I am I am flabbergasted at this move. I feel like Stephen A. Smith when the Knicks took uh, Porzingis over Willie Colley Stein. <laughs> and hopefully this my take works out a little bit better for me. <laughs> but Jesus, I don't understand this. Cap space is an asset and teams are going to be desperate for it. And you could have had an expiring deal for big money. Am I wrong in this? You're you're very right. Uh, we have to. Fortunately, we have to get onto the heat. Um, okay. And, yeah. but, no, well, I, I completely right. agree, though. It's just stupid. It makes no sense. Like for for a Grizzlies front office that you texted me something the other day about all the fantastic things that have gone right for the Grizzlies ever since Chris Wallace made his departure. This just yep. makes no sense. The Grizzlies front office clearly knows what the fuck they're doing in some yeah. capacity. This is just stupid. This is just like an easy, like a, like a simple malfunction that someone didn't do their homework. Anyway, I almost, I almost I almost wonder if if they're just if there's something like that going on with waiters where they're just like I don't even want to have them on the payroll. We don't want to be associated with this guy, you know? The virus, like it should be for this. <laughs> All right, the Heat the Heat acquire Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. Um, again. They traded Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Dion Waiters. These are these are three guys that hypothetically should have been playing roles for them. Winslow is someone that wasn't playing. Dion Waiters was someone that or Winslow wasn't playing because he was hurt. Dion Waiters wasn't playing because he was suspended. And James Johnson was James Johnson. Mm-hmm. So Jay Crowder is is a fine piece to pick up. He's on a cheap contract. He'll play some defense. He'll occasionally hit a three-pointer about 30% of the time. But this trade is all about Andre Iguodala. And do do I love Andre Iguodala? I think that he's become a little overrated during this whole uh, saga. People forget he's like 35 years old, 36 years old. So, and they, and they agreed to pay him $15 million next year as well they're not paying him in the summer of 2021 though obviously but still i think that it's a win now move if they had paired this with also getting gallinari like they were rumored to this would have been a surefire a they would have been contenders but i don't think that this trade makes them significantly better i don't think that it makes them significantly worse either i think it just keeps them exactly where they were before i give it a, i give it a i give it a b minus it's fine but it's nothing special i'd agree with that the names are bigger the names are bigger than the trade itself i agree with that it would all at this point is just he seems so even the fact that he hasn't taken really any like physical contact this year so far He's just like creaky. Like he's like he's he's got a glass case around him that feels like it's gonna break any time. And he's like he's old at this point. Like like old old. Like how old is he right now? Is he like thirty six or something? Like yeah, thirty six is fucking old for an NBA player. Um, and at first when I first saw it, they were giving him fifteen dollars a year over fifty million over two years, I was like, are they insane? What the fuck is happening? However. Yep. 
I learned that, that that's essentially just for one year. They're gonna they, there's a team option on the other. There's no way in hell they're gonna pick up that team option unless it's getting rid of him in a trade or something. Iguodala is a nice piece to have for the for the next year or so, and yep. you know someone to help you know the the young guys develop. Bam is obviously developing fantastically. You still got Harrow there. You still got Duncan Robinson there, so on and so forth. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't think though. I think it's unrealistic to think that Iguodala is going to swing a few playoff series. I, I don't think that this move is really about winning a title this year. I think it's you're getting rid of Winslow's contract in the future. You're opening up things for uh, twenty twenty for twenty twenty one, so you can make a run at someone like Giannis as the Heat are rumored to do, which would make sense because it's yep. like I agree, people in Miami, I know that for a fact. Um, but uh, but I, I think this this trade is just it's more of a it's more of me shrugging my shoulders than anything else than you know people are debating about it on fucking first take. I think it's I think that's stupid. I think this is just yeah interesting. It's it's the, the Heat are better than they were going into uh, the trade deadline. Which yeah, but but not but not enough better to warrant what's the amount of hype it's been getting. Exactly, I, I completely All agree. Right. The very last trade we got to get to tonight: the Dodgers get Mookie Betts, David <laughs> Price, Ash, uh, Brewster, Gatterall, Luke, whatever the hell. The Red Sox Gratis get Luke. Alex, Alex Verduga. What? Brewster Gratinol. Whatever. <laughs> Red Sox get, get Alex Verdugo, Jeter Downs, Connor Wong, and the Twins get some other people. I don't care about them. I only care about the Red Sox. So, oh, okay. How fitting. How fitting. Julian. 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 God gave us a do-over. Now, I'm not a religious person. I don't even, I don't, I don't even, I'm not religious whatsoever. I don't, it's just not something that occupies my mind. But God was looking down on the Boston Red Sox for a minute. With this whole, whole Brewster Gatterall shit. To give <laughs> them a duo in this trade. To say, hey, Boston Red Sox, you sure you want to trade the best position player you've had since Ted Williams and the second best player in baseball? Are you sure you want to do what the Red Sox said? You can bet your fucking ass we do. <laughs> I don't... I'm gonna call it as it is, Julian. When I saw that we, um... When I saw that we did this, uh... When, when the trade, the initial trade wasn't gonna go through, I became hopeful. And then I saw reports that the Red Sox ownership was uh, surprised to the extent that people were upset about the trade. Oh my god. What they were expecting, but... So I saw this and I got hopeful. And I managed to talk myself into the fact that this trade wasn't gonna happen. And then it did. So here's, oh man. Here's a little bit of information about each of the players the Red Sox got. Alex Vertigo was accused of sexual assault several years ago when he was in the minor leagues and has super bad back issues that might prevent him from playing in the first few months of the season. And then there's two other people I know nothing about. Now, we traded the second best player in baseball, Julian. 
I don't even. So uh, anyway, I already went on this whole rant last pod, but I just want to say one thing. Something the one the one new thing. Hi, I'm Bloom. I am so sorry. I feel terrible for you. And I hope that there is not a single Red Sox fan out there that is mad at Heim Bloom. Because Heim Bloom did exactly what he was hired and and forced to do. Would you say that's fair? I mean, I'd say Heim is of the F's essence. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Heim Bloom makes this trade, which was clearly directed by Red Sox ownership. I'm not going to blame Heim Bloom whatsoever. I don't think he had a choice in this matter. I think it was more of a, we're going to hire you, but you need to make this trade. And then they send him to free, and then they send him to spring training. Giving this whole speech, they still hadn't hired a manager. So they, they then send Heim Bloom to the Wolves. Of all the Boston media, not a single ownership representative. Could you imagine any trade happening in the NFL? Like, like, like I'm going to choose the Patriots and the Celtics because they're both from, from Boston. Could you imagine the Patriots trading Tom Brady and then Robert Kraft not showing up to the press conference? Or the Celtics trading Jason Tatum and then Whit Grosbeck not showing up to the press conference? I, mean, I I'd, felt I'd understand it if it was Robert Kraut. He was probably at, like, Orchids of Oasis or whatever the— Anyway, so I feel bad for that he was forced to go into all this and defend this, saying that this gives them payroll flexibility to go try to sign a player next offseason. By the way, next offseason's class sucks. Do you know, do you know who's an off, a free agent next offseason? Mookie Betts, and that's literally it. So I have now talked myself into us signing Mookie Betts. <laughs> Sign Mookie Betts. And... By the way, I'm going to take this one step further. So we so we hired Ron Renicky as our as an interim manager. You know what that means? 2021 Boston Red Sox, managed by Alex Cora, starring Mookie Betts. We're back. Let's go. <laughs> Is that where you thought that was going? I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Scorer's Table. <laughs> Remember, if you have any questions you want us to answer or comments about the show, you can email us, thescorestablepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if we see anything good, we'll answer them over the next few episodes. Um, but yeah, next week we're going to be doing a rookie report. Um, we're going to be we're going to be talking about the Red Sox pitchers and catchers situation. No, I'm kidding, but no, we got a we got a whole lot of fun coming up on the next pod. Thanks for listening. If you guys enjoyed. Uh, leave us a five-star rating, subscribe, re- leave a review. We appreciate the love and support, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next week. You appreciate you guys. Score is high. See you later.